The Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everybody, to the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, June the 29th, I reckon. Um, and we're here to have a look at the transfer window as it stands and do a little introduction um, to Fantasy Premier League uh, with the prospect of a, of a listener league looming large on the horizon. Uh, joining me tonight... And joining me round about seven minutes late because he's been baking some crusty rolls. Pathetic excuse is Mr. Barry Penaluna. How's your buns, Baz? <laughs> My buns are good. I told you, as I, just as I come on uh, to do this, um, the daughter come in and told me she wanted some pate and crusty rolls as a as a late night snack. Uh, so I've had to quickly cook her, bake her some rolls. I'm ready for it. That's pate. ridiculous, that. Freshly baked rolls on demand, but unbelievable. What what sort of house is this? I mean, I said when I was thirteen years old, I don't think I knew what pate was. Um, <laughs> You've made up for it since, though, haven't you? Different life. <laughs> That's true. Like I said to you when we were having this conversation that when I got paid last month at about one o'clock in the morning, drunk, I took I ordered about eighty quid worth of foie gras from some website. Um, luckily, the next day I had an email off them saying they didn't ship to the UK from France. So I saved myself because I didn't know what I wanted to do with 84 quid's worth of different flavoured mashed up duck livers. Um, <laughs> so it was, weird, it was weird purchases go. That was right up there, Buzz. Uh, and I've had a few in my time. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you what, we've got some Euro under 21 picks. It's quarter final weekend. Um, it's been a bit of a weird tournament, that, because they've pissed around with the telly, haven't they? You've had to watch it on the website. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't managed to come across. So you're going to give us some picks for that, but uh, we're going to have a little look down the transfer, uh, some of the big transfers that's happened at the moment as well. And like I say, I think we're going to do more fantasy this season. Yeah, we get a listener league up and running. Sean and I uh, said they'll put a prize up as well. Um, so yeah, we're going to do a weekly sort of 10 or 15 minute spot for fantasy. So we thought we'd just do a bit of an idiot's guide. Yeah, uh, today. But I've um, got some. Uh, how, how we feel about the lifestyle news, Baz? This is a good time to get started on the lifestyle news. Lifestyle. What? What do you got? I've got some good lifestyle news. Well, I didn't want to throw you under the bus here, Baz. But when you messaged me this afternoon, you said, and I quote, "I've written it down here." You've got some great lifestyle news. So you've yeah. picked this up, Baz. So this had better be good. So do you want to lead off for the lifestyle news? I'm, I'm happy to lead off. Eh? The, the listeners or the regular listeners. It might just make yeah. mine a bit shit. That's all. The, the regular listeners will love uh, the, the lifestyle news. You love the like, okay, uh, you go of, for it. As of last week, so Saturday, um, as a family, we've, we've now got a pet. Oh, oh not that fucking orange lizard, is it? We've, we've never had a pet before. Um, and uh, the, the, the older one wanted the lizard, didn't she? Uh, she had it on the birthday list. Uh, any regular listeners will know we, we had a birthday list that included an orange lizard, which seemed a bit ridiculous. 
And I did say I was a bit worried because Helen is a bit of a pushover. I was a bit worried that a lizard. Oh, no, I can't wait. But... You know, we didn't get a lizard for, for Chloe's birthday. But last uh, two weeks ago, we were sat around and Sophie said, I would like a pet. Sophie's the youngest one. Yeah. Honestly, she's she her own shadow. She hates dogs. She hates cats. Anything that comes near her, like a spider, a moth, a fly, any kind of bug, she freaks out. So I'm like, what kind of pet can we possibly get that will be you'll be any good with? So she she's done her own research, come back to the day. What about a guinea pig? No. Rabbit? No. Hamster. I have a guest. All of these things. So what do you think we went for? Tortoise. No. Oh, okay. It's a friggin' lizard. You... We've got a bloody <laughs> orange one. It's yeah, no, it's yellow. So we, we did um we, we settled on a leopard gecko. So this was on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. She says, um, I've read about geckos, they're meant to be really nice, really tame, handle really well, easy to look after, good around children. I think we should get a gecko. And me and Helen were like, don't be silly, Sophie. You can't just rush into things like buying a gecko. You know, you have to do your research, you have to look into it, you have to go to a shop, you have to speak to someone. So I sort of delayed her and said, Look, you know, this isn't gonna be something we're gonna rush into and, and do. Um, however, the next day, 24 hours, we went into a reptile shop, spent an hour in there, and came out having spent £300 on a tank what? and all of the, all of the equipment and all of that. So, Which was the actual lizard? The lizard was £90, I think. Um, so I could have brought you one back from New York. Lovely exotic. Um, it's a, so it's a leopard gecko. It's a yellow with black spots. Looks really nice. Uh, and we've called him Bruno. Uh, well, that was my next question. I was going to play the guessing game. Was I, I meant maybe yeah. just going to guess Shola, but that would have been more your choice than his. I, I put Bruno up because he's got the Brazilian colours. He's got the load of the yellow in him. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I mentioned it, the kids were all over. Like, yeah, we'll go Bruno, Bruno. Helen hates it, didn't like it at all. Uh, she preferred Big Joe for a Brazilian yeah. uh, theme on it. Um but wasn't having that. She also liked Miggy, if we were going to go down the route of Newcastle players. So she wasn't keen on Bruno, but the kids wouldn't let her change her mind. So um, we, we went with Bruno. So yeah, we've now ah. got... Uh, well, we haven't just got one pet. What do you think leopard geckos eat? Oh, dead mice in that. Nothing, not dead. Not They don't eat dead uh, Live mice. mice, crickets. Not, not mice, but yeah, they, they eat crickets, locusts, yeah. mealworms, but they won't touch them if they're alive, uh, if they're dead. They have to yeah. be alive. So I've now got a plague of locusts in the uh, utility room. Um, in fact, if you bear with me one second, I'm going to show you my locust. locust All right. Baz got to get us locusts. Um, I'll say hello to Captain Sane, who's in there. This is quality stuff from Baz. He wasn't lying, but he said he had great lifestyle use. This... If you're listening on podcast, you need to get in on the old YouTube. Oh, my God. Like, we've got a tank there. You might What's see. that orange thing? A carrot? Yeah, yeah, they eat carrots. You've got to feed so the lo- So you're having to feed the locusts. Can you see that locust there? Oh, eh? So Bass, that's the uh, sort of thing, like, like, have you not watched The Simpsons? Like, one will get out and the whole country will die. It'll be like the oh, Irish yeah. potato famine inside about six months because of you. The thing is, everybody in this house hates bugs. So who do you think's got to feed them? Um, then try and chase <laughs> locusts around if we get an escapee. That'll be me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to feed your locusts. So the, the locusts will eat carrots and lettuce and apple. And um, you've so got you're now growing. Feed, you're now growing your own carrots. So so that the uh, the leopards the, the leopard gecko gets all the good stuff from its food. So um, yeah. 
an eventful wow, outstanding Baz. You weren't kidding. It's been a bit of a disappointment because Bruno has been a bit of a boring fucker, to be honest. Ah, uh, right. Does he not do much? Hide for a week until last night at about midnight. He came right up to the window and I opened it up, put my hand out. Everyone else was in bed and he crawled out onto my hand, had a little wander around and then walked back in and that was it. Ah, that's, that's nice. That's progress. So the kids got up this morning and I told them I was there. Uh, I'd had a hold of him and, and they're all a little bit jealous and they're trying to coax him back out again tonight. Uh, yeah, it will yeah. take a bit of time when we first got the guinea pigs. We, in fact, me and Betty were talking about this last night is that we had a, we set her camera up upstairs and she WhatsApp called my phone. So it was like a security camera footage. We were, so we were downstairs watching my phone, waiting for the guinea pigs to come out because they didn't come out for about 36 hours as well. They were in the, in, in that little house cowering away. Um, so, yeah, we did the old security thing. Uh, Captain Insane was asking the over or under days until there's a jailbreak. Hi there, the lizard's got missing. Oh, there's locusts in your underpants and all sorts. Yeah, there's a day. eventually. We haven't got crickets yet because we've seen the crickets and the locusts in the shop. Crickets are fast. And the bloke in the shop said, if you get an escaped locust, <laughs> they're quite easy to catch. He says, especially right. with your big size 12s, you just stand on it. He says, yeah. they don't go very fast. If you drop a cricket, they're away quick. And then you'll see, you'll just hear them for days. Yeah, and yeah. You'll never oh. know where they are. And they'll start to stink and they'll make a noise. He says, crickets are a nightmare. He says, yeah, yeah you'll get over, love crickets. He says, but I'd start off with the locusts until you get used to it. So uh, we're feeding it locusts and worms at the moment. I feel like I've seen a comedy program, like a sitcom, where there's a missing crickets in, in the bloke's flat. And I, I can't... Like. Yeah. Um, I'll do it... Um, if the, any of the listeners get in touch with what programme that is, because I can definitely uh, remember it. Well, that kind of knocks my uh, lifestyle news into a cocked hat, Baz, because I've got nothing about that at all. Um, but I've got three things to mention. Firstly, Baz, have you ever known anything that has become worse for the addition of chocolate? And I don't mean things that obviously shouldn't have chocolate on them, you know, like your hair or roast beef, that sort of thing. Things that you people put chocolate on. They're normally better with the chocolate. I found something this week, Baz, that's got had chocolate added to it and is completely nutly ruined it. Uh, I can't think of anything like. I mean, I don't, I, don't eat, I don't eat a lot of chocolate to be honest, but I don't um, mind things like a strawberry dipped in chocolate. That's what I mean. Those sort of things, a marshmallow, out or something like that. Marshmallows, yeah, biscuits are better with chocolate on than without. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have to let me know what this one is uh cow biscuits so there's a packet of you know malted milk cow biscuits oh yes yeah well a class it's a classic genre uh classic biscuit isn't it everyone loves a malted milk um i'll go in the biscuit tin the other day and there's a packet of chocolate covered malted milks i thought this could be life-changing what a grave disappointment bars that like the the malted milkiness of it all has been completely utterly overshadowed by the chocolate um I was abjectly furious about that. So that's a big no. Second thing I've got to talk about, Baz, red cabbage. Uh, bought a red cabbage on Monday, the size of your head, like your head as well, not like a normal person's head. Massive. Came in, cooked about a quarter of it. Um, really nice. few caraway seeds um, and then some industrial strength Iranian vinegar. So it's sort of kebab shop style red cabbage, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest. Honestly, could feed a family and... Um, so I've been eating that with everything on me so anyway it came in from work yesterday went for a wee 
and I didn't turn the light on in the downstairs. So the, the smell nearly had my eyes out, right? My eyes were watering to the point where I had to put the light on. I was like, what's that smell? And my pee was like the colour of Ribena, Baz, and absolutely stinking and was indeed the red cabbage. So that's an incredible effect, that. Um, and the third thing I need to tell you about is I went to the baseball at the weekend, Baz. That was fun. I know. I was um, good, good I weekend. went to London. I, yeah, I, did, I got my beer bath. Do you like my beer bath? I saw that on the old Twitter. Yeah. yeah. £15 for a beer bath, £28 if you wanted beer in it. What do you think of that? <laughs> That's obscene. <laughs> that is absolutely... It's not bad. that bad. Do you know what? It was all right. Because then it would fit two cans in uh, and then it was 13 quid for two cans after that. Yeah. So, you know, so I, had, I filled it up three times and I quaffed my beer bath like this <laughs> for the whole... Every time I drank it, I got when you get up with this point, my sunglasses kept falling off the back of my head and the bloke yeah. behind them kept catching it hard and them back. So, um, But yeah, that was loads of fun. I enjoyed the baseball a lot. It was more fun, I would suggest, than the NFL and other stuff I've been to in London before. Like, so yeah, I had a good weekend. That's a good chat with all the baseball people who are in the Discord channel, etc. Uh, so yeah, that's all the lifestyle caught up on. Um, what do you make of all of that, Buzz? Eventful, isn't it? You can tell we've been away for a couple of weeks. We have, yeah. Going on. 14 minutes in, we said at the top, right, let's not piss around here. We need to get this done. We'll do the FPL stuff. We'll do the Euro stuff. Uh, we've talked about red cabbage and lizards and we've gone 14 minutes. Um, yeah. So Serial's joined. Hello, Serial. How are you doing? I'm going to chuck out some, some picks here. Uh, there's not a lot of football going on at the moment. Or not any, certainly, to be honest, I've enjoyed taking a bit of a step back from it all and not... Only this week on Monday, I thought, like, I was on the phone to Thursday and Simmers and that, and I just started missing it. Yeah. Just because I had my weekend to look forward to. We had the Champions League, then you had, like, a two-week break. And then I was like, right, I need some football now. So, yeah, just this yeah, week I've started missing it, but, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it coming back. I, I, I've enjoyed a couple of weeks of just not having to think about it or... Or sort of just switching off. I've enjoyed a bit of cricket, a bit of golf, tennis. I've been getting into plenty of other stuff, plenty of other things to keep me ticking over. So, Serial's uh, asking if I've been in the Discord chat, and I haven't really because I've I've not been looking to have a have a bet on anything, and uh, for that reason, I've just sort of kept out of it. But I will I will catch up. The, the Discord chat bars has gone very North American. It's all been USA versus St Kitts and Nevis, Canada versus yeah. Suriname, and all that malarkey. They've been uh, they've they've, got, they've gone feral in there. I felt like I didn't want to get dragged into that stuff. I want I wanted me me a couple of weeks of break, so I kept away from it. But I'm ready. I'm coming back. Um, we've got some under twenty ones action this weekend. It's, it's Euro under twenty ones tournament at the moment, um, and we're into the quarter final stages. Now I haven't watched a lot of this, but I've followed the results and had a quick little look at it, and just thought I'd put a few little plays out just for um, a bit of fun. So these, there's nothing serious in here, but. Uh, I thought I'd have a quick run down these quarterfinals and, and tell you what I think. I think looking at the groups, England and France were the only two teams to come away with nine points from the group games. England won all three games, two goals to nil. Uh, Anthony Gordon from Newcastle has been playing well for England, which is good to see. Um, England are evens favourites against Portugal. Portugal come through their group with one win, one draw, one loss. Uh, so I'm prepared to take England in that in better form. Haven't conceded a goal yet. Um, I think evens looks a good price from what I've seen of both teams. Um, France come up next. I think if you want to double them up, France at 8-13. to 13, So what's that? About minus 170. Um, they're playing against Ukraine. 
Uh, France, again, as I say, won all three of their group stage. Now, Ukraine did get a, a, a good draw against Spain, who are the joint favourites for the tournament in their group. But that draw did come in the game three with Spain already assured of qualifications. Sometimes, you, you know, you're not getting a, a great uh, view of how Spain would set up in that one. Um, so I think Spain and England are joint favourites, three to one at the moment. Um, France not far behind Portugal in its sixes. So I think France-England double looks okay and you'll get a decent price. Neither of them are particularly short. And then the other game, Spain Spain will be big favourites to beat Switzerland. Uh, Spain are unbeaten so far. Um, and the Swiss scraped through. In their group, they got through with one win and two defeats. There was three teams in that same position, just three three points. Uh, and they edged out Norway and Italy on virtue of head-to-head. Uh, so they really scraped through and coming up against the Spain side, um, who, who look to be one of the teams to beat. So Spain to win by two or more at 11-10, to 10, uh, plus 110. And in the final game, we've got Georgia against Israel. Um and I think I'd take a chance on Georgia here at plus money, plus 125, 5-4. Uh, They're unbeaten so far, two draws and one win. And they had a difficult group with um, Portugal, Netherlands, Belgium. Um, they beat Portugal, who, who were one of the fancied sides for the tournament, and, and drew with Netherlands and Belgium. And I just think the form line looks slightly better than Israel, so I'll take Georgia at plus money. Georgia, England... France and then Spain to win by two or more, fourteen to one year accumulator. If you want a bit of yes. fun on Saturday and that, so yeah, nothing oh, serious. Fast. As I say, I haven't watched loads of it. Just had a quick look, and this is a gambling podcast, and we didn't have much gambling to talk about tonight. So we thought I thought I'd throw throw something out there. Uh, yeah, those games for reference: uh, uh, Georgia Saturday five o'clock, Spain Saturday eight o'clock, and then the same times England Sunday five o'clock. Uh, Sunday, 8 o'clock is the France-Ukraine game. Uh, we're going to have a look down who's been signing who once I've told you about. Bird dogs, shorts, bird dogs, make you look good, Baz. We've got the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a truly sculpted look. I think Baz are all about that. Um, they fit better than your regular shorts. They're made of stiff, restricted cotton. Um, and they've got anti-stink, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So if you want to get involved in all of that, go to birddogs.com slash pool, enter the promo code pool, that's P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. And you won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. So, yeah, I had a look down the transfers, Baz, because... Um, the, just to see if anything had moved the needle, really, or um, anything would make you want to change your, your mind on outright plays or relegations, and just a bit of general interest. I, I think the team to start with, the team you have to start with, is Arsenal, Baz. Um, they have by far been the busiest, certainly even in the last, well, in fact, almost exclusively in the last 36 hours, they've picked up. Uh, the main the main sign has been Declan Rice for 105 million pounds from West Ham. Quite a protracted chase. They um, made incremental bids, which was kind of annoying everybody. Um, Man City got involved at one point, um, especially after Arteta had phoned Pep up and asked him to make a bid, according to when you look up. Um, and then Arsenal sorted that out yesterday. They also signed Kai Havertz from Chelsea. 
um, which I've got a big question mark because I don't know if he's shite or not, but uh, for 60 odd million. And then just tonight, I saw the name, and I've seen this name a lot, um, Jurian Timber, I'm going to say. I don't know if it's pronounced more exactly. Uh, defender from Ajax, around about 40 million. That's 200 million quid's worth, Baz. Um, but I mean, the questions for me are you can address them in order. Declan Rice is a CDM, he's all right. Um, but I think all the better ways you could have spent your 105 mil. Um, Kai Havertz, is he shite or not? And do you know anything about Jury and Timber? I know nothing about Timber. Um, okay. So I'm not going to go into that. I hadn't realised that one had been done tonight, to be honest. I, I know it had been rumoured for a while. Um, Havertz, I think, needed a move from Chelsea. I think he is a good player and I think... Um, He's been played. I think he's been played out of position. I don't think he's been in his best um, form for that reason. At Chelsea, sixty-five million is a lot of money for a player who wasn't setting the world on fire at Chelsea. I think Chelsea will be happy to have recouped that sort of fee for him. Uh, but I think it'll be a good move for Havertz in particular. I think he had to get away from Chelsea. Um, but then it's. Where, where do they fit him in? Because last year, you know, you had Gabriel Jesus, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard, uh, obviously Rice coming in. There's, 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 you're starting to run out of space to fit in. Yet you can't have it. But um, I think it'll be a good sign for Arsenal. I think Arsenal, as you say, it, it's ambitious. Their, their fans must be very excited about the money being thrown about. Um, they had a sniff last year, don't they? And they obviously think this is it. We, we need to seize this opportunity now. Um, this is the closest we'll ever get, and if we don't take the opportunity now, they, they, they can slip away. Uh, um, and I think those signings definitely strengthen them. I don't think there's any any argument about that. I think Rice is a great player. He's a great signing. 105 million is massive. Um, but as you say, it's for a centre defensive midfielder. If we go back five or six years, no, but they they, they weren't. They weren't even, you know, considered for prices like that. But they are now. Um, I think the thing that changed it, Baz, is Angulo Kante. Like that, he basically, like, really? Okay, sorry, mate, yeah. You you, you look at it now, and players like Kante, Rodri... um, Busquets, maybe. Casemiro for... Possibly not the same position, but... Fernandes was the other one I was thinking, Enzo Fernandes for Chelsea. They're becoming far more of a focal point for teams and teams do um, play everything through those sort of players now. So they are becoming more and more important in modern day football and the values are going up accordingly. Uh, we've seen, I mean, what was Fernandez? It was close to 110 million. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, that was over 100. Enzo Fernandez. So it's not the first one. I mean, Man City paid 50 million for Calvin Phillips. Um, yeah. It wasn't anywhere near the level of, of the ones we've just mentioned, but they got paid 50 million for him for the potential. Uh, of, of being able to fill that position. The I mean, thing is, was so right. Was Calvin Phillips any different to Declan Rice? Though, see, Calvin Phillips when he went to Manchester City compared to Declan Rice. Declan Rice, even six months ago, when we saw him, was struggling and shite. Declan Rice was doing nothing, and he's finished I the season Declan well. They won that cup. I think Declan Rice is far more accomplished than than Phillips at this. Stage. Phillips was in the England team. He's still in the England team. Like I think Rice is absolutely outstanding. I think he's a great player. Though, does it? I mean, Maguire's still in the England team. 
Fair England teams, the England team. That's that's Southgate. Uh, I think Rice is a is a great signing. One hundred and five million is a lot, but if you're an Arsenal fan, are you bothered how much they spent? Doesn't no, of course not. Uh, what was a bit odd was the, the sort of eighty million, uh, eighty five million, ninety million, and then Man City come in and and ninety million, and Man City just seemed to come and go like that. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it jumped from 90 million to 105 and it was done deal. I think it was just a bit of a pointless messing about with it because everybody knew West Ham's price was at least 100 million. Um, it just seemed like a lot of messing about to get to the point where everybody knew he was going to go to Arsenal for 100 million. Um, and the Man City involvement seemed a bit daft. If, if they really wanted him, then why, why didn't they, they go and get him? I, I don't know. Bit of a strange yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, from a, if I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm delighted with the signing. I think he'll add to what they've got, and I wouldn't give a damn about how much was spent. Um, yeah, I was going to say something else, but I'm not going to. No, fair enough. Um, so on the subject of Man City, not much got on there. Gundogan's contract ran down. He's got to Barcelona. They brought in Kovacic from um, Arsenal, which is a uh, from Chelsea. Sorry. Which is a, it doesn't really do anything. Uh, Calvin Phillips might be on the move somewhere. Um, Chelsea are trying to lose all of their dead wood. They've done okay in um, shelling out seven or eight players. Loads of dodgy deals to Saudi, which I'm not bothered about. Everyone whinging about Saudi. Like, there's nothing other, dodgy other, about it, Malcolm. There's, there's not. Other countries are allowed football. Exactly. Like, it, it, it's getting ridiculous now. Chelsea have sold a few players to Saudi Arabia. If you look at... Uh, and the concern came around, doesn't it? Because the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund owns 5% of the company who owns 60% of Chelsea. So yeah. by virtue of it, they've got about a 2%, 3% holding in Chelsea, indirectly and with absolutely no control over anything within Chelsea. Um, it was stupid. But then, so this, the, the, the accusation is that oh, Chelsea are offloading loads of players because they need to bring money in, and they're sending them off to Saudi Arabia. They're not. They're not getting overinflated prices from anyone in Saudi Arabia. They sold Mendy, who was. I mean, how much did they sign Mendy for? Yeah, he was. He was a big 30, 40 million pound keeper, wasn't he? At one point, they've sold him for fifteen million. Kante's gone on a free. Koulibaly. They bought Koulibaly a year ago for nearly forty million, and they've sold him for twenty-five million. So it's not like Saudi Arabia are coming in and they're doing Chelsea any big favours by giving them 50 million for Koulibaly and 40 million for, for Mendy. They're selling players at about what the value is. It doesn't matter whether they're going to Saudi Arabia, China, USA, or to a championship team. If the players that are moving are going at a market value and nobody's saying, oh, that's a bit bit pricey, then what's the problem? Just crack on. No, it just annoyed me that everyone said like any player who goes to Saudi Arabia is just a sellout and and anything that they do, like I say, they're if they've got the money and spend it, they are allowed football. We have no monopoly on this. Europe has no monopoly. These big countries have no monopoly on it. Like it just the the pattern is absolutely terrible. Like um they brought in uh Christopher Nkunku, uh French striker or winger from RB Leipzig. I think the thing with Chelsea is they've always they've got players there. Um they, it depends what Pochettino does. He's the key, really, at the moment, rather than um, rather than the players. Can he harness what they have got? But 
one's gone a bit funny there. Yeah, James Madison signed just yesterday for 40 million quid. Um, and good signing, good player. I mean, compare that to the 105 for Rice. And I think Tottenham have got a great deal. Um, our Twitter feedback on the show, I absolutely hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I know we said we're not going to be nasty to anyone, but it's such a chore. You just get loads of stupid takes is what you get. And now you're, today I've had loads of Tottenham fans saying how Newcastle and Aston Villa need to get back in the box because Madison has chose him over Newcastle and all that shite. Um, the only thing, it just what does it tell you about James Madison? Now, I don't know if he did choose Tottenham over Newcastle or if Newcastle weren't getting involved in the wage demands, but I just think it like the way the two clubs are going in totally separate directions. I think James Madison is slightly minded. Um, you can, I think you can tell that by his hair. Um, it, that leads you, that's suspicious. Like, um, there's question marks over Tottenham's manager. They're about to lose their best player either this year or next year. Um, and they were regressing at a rapid pace last season. Uh, when Newcastle are going completely and utterly in the other direction. I think he's a good player. Uh, we're going to get to talk some fantasy in a little while. I think he's probably a great fantasy option because he'll get on all the set pieces and have a game ahead of him in the goal. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good signing for them. But like I say, it just doesn't speak to, um, to, to Madison's ambition for me because I can't sit Tottenham at seventh or eighth at the moment of, uh, of those teams at the top of the Prem. Yeah, the Madison one, uh, uh, I would have been happy to see him come to Newcastle. Um, we've no idea if Newcastle actually got involved at all, do we? So a lot of media talk. Um, but what we've learned from Newcastle's transfer business is the players that end up coming in, the media haven't got a clue about. Nobody had a clue we were going to sign Bruno Gamores. Nobody had a clue about Isaac that came out of the blue. And nobody had a clue about Tenali, who was just signed from AC Milan. All the talk is about the same players over and over again. So we might have been in for it, and maybe we didn't like it. I certainly don't think we would have pulled out over the transfer fee because um, forty million does look a good price. All the talk was that Leicester weren't, weren't going to do a deal for less than fifty, sixty million. So Spurs have got a great deal at forty million. He is a, definitely a good addition to Spurs. So, so no problems on their point of view. As you say, if Newcastle pulled out, maybe it did. I'm, I'm not. We don't know if they were ever even in it. The, the media tell us they were after him, but the media also tell us we were after however many other players. The Hungarian kid from Leipzig, Sosobov's lie, is another one. Barella was the one that we, we thought was almost going to get done. And the amount of names that get thrown out with Newcastle, um, majority of the time, the ones that come in on on those lists at all, so uh, who knows? But it's a good price for Spurs, and as you say, he's a good addition. Uh, I agree. I, I I think Spurs need to invest a lot more uh, to get anywhere near where they were previously. And there's still the big question mark over Kane buying Munich or coming back in with an eighty million bid. I just don't know what's going to happen there. I think Daniel Levy's absolutely mad if he doesn't cash in on Kane. I think it's absolutely. Yeah. I think it's crazy to, to to lose 80 or 90 million for the sake of having one more season of Harry Kane. And I don't think Spurs are in a position now where keeping Kane for one season is suddenly going to mean that they're winning a trophy next year. It's not even like they're in the Europa League and think they could have a crack at that or anything. Um, so I think they should cash in on him. Whether they will, I don't know. The German, Especially if Munich could give Stoll and Levy a get out of G3 because he can go without having to go to Man United or somewhere and come back yeah. to 
Tottenham and score goals. You can just seem to think it's close. Um, that Bayern Munich are confident they can get him. Um, and I think it was Bild, the German newspaper, who, who were quoting that talks have already took place with the agent uh, and that personal terms won't be an issue. Again, it's the media. You don't know how much to believe. Um, I don't believe for a second Harry Kane will sign another contract with Spurs. Um, and, and I just don't think Spurs can afford to to hold him for a year. What 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 are you getting? Uh, one more year out of him and another. Especially there's other players goals. around as well. Like you see, I mean, Newcastle picked Isaac up out the blue for sixty three mil. Why haven't yeah. got someone? They can go find someone. Uh, Isaac might not be the level of Kane yet. He's not far off. But I mean, you can do something like that. They've got Rashardus in there who they paid a fortune for last year. You know, stick him up top. He'll score eighteen goals or something. If you're going to finish seventh, you might as well finish seventh for him there. Um. So, uh, moving on, Newcastle, you mentioned Sandro Tonali, the uh, Italian under-21 captain. I think he's got 43 caps for it, Lee, which is an incredible signing. Um, really exciting type of signing. I uh, did a desktop review, so I've seen him uh, on YouTube for seven minutes. But apart from that, it's just the, the type of signing. It's a, a lot of money uh, from AC Milan for an established Italian international midfielder. Um, and uh, you can't argue with any of those, but um, Tino Liverpool is another name. Uh, coming in from Southampton, once of Chelsea, being injured for a couple of seasons as well. So, yeah, uh, positive signs from Newcastle. Yeah, Tonali one, again, I've done the same as you. I've done a lot of reviewing and, and researching after the event. Read a lot of articles on The Athletic from their Italian correspondents who rate him really highly. Um, and a lot of big names in Italy rate him very highly. And AC Milan fans weren't happy to see him go at all. Um, so I think it's a sign that yeah. you know, we are bringing in a, a real quality player um, and by all accounts, one that Howe thought might have been out of our reach, um, but we've been able to go out there and, and get it done. So, yeah, excited to see what he brings alongside Bruno. Um, so, yeah, it should be good. Newcastle um, need to do more business, but, you know, I think we still will be in the market for an attacking midfielder. Um, and, and as you say, there's been talk of full-backs being linked as well, Livermento being one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what what we what we do, but um, hopefully the only thing I know I saw my I, I have a, a contact pass as you well know uh, who um, I spoke to and asked him these questions and really the only information he gave me was that the story that went out about our budget of seventy five million <laughs> Craig Hope and people like that look at us have been absolutely panned if you go on their Twitter they just get slagged off all the time um, the club asked them to put that story out. Because yeah. it's a tactical play. Because if the new guys are going to spend that, if if you say we've got five hundred million, a team's going to ask for five hundred million. So if you put that out, it just dampens expectations and lowers the bid. For example, if you were in the Tottenham taking a few million less, thinking so that was just a party line. Just can you can you put this story out for us? And it's not a big. It probably didn't move the needle much either way. But I just feel sorry for those two journalists now. Just every time we're linked with anyone, yeah, oh, you dickhead. You said we were going to spend this, but you know they were just doing the orders a favour, like so. Yeah, but that was the only um, the only information I got. The, the, the other ones um, I've got down here, we've got. I mean, the McAllister to Liverpool. I'm not sure if we covered that earlier in in the. the I mean, yep. that's that's a great price, thirty five million. Yeah, Again, definitely. If you compare that against the prices for like the right at one hundred and five million, McAllister at thirty five is an absolute snip. Um, so Liverpool have done really, really well to get that one done. Um, and then Mason Mounted here looks to be going to Man yes. United, 55 million. What do you think about that one? Um, 
That, well, criminally mismanaged Manchester United. That's the other thing our timeline's full of. I mean, the uh, sale of Spider-Man pyjamas must be at an all-time low. Um, it's just everyone whinging on about how uh, disgraceful the owners are, even though they've spent 10 gajillion pounds. Um, I, about two years ago, I adored Mason Mount. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, he was the first name on my DFS sheet every week. He used to do everything, and I really like watching him. Bob, who is a bit of a schemer, my kid, a uh, midfield schemer, was that sort of player and would watch Mason Mount. Um, and then all I don't really know what's happened to him, but um, I would have loved it if we'd signed him. I thought it's a good sign for Man United. Um, so remains to be seen what they can get out of him. And it's a good price as well, I think. Yeah, I think so. Like you, I rate him highly. Um, he's lost his way a bit, as did many players under that Chelsea squad last year. Yeah. It's very similar to Havertz. I think there's a player there in Havertz and I think the move was needed and, and it's very much the same amount. He lost his way, he lost his place in the team and I think it'll be a good move for him because it's exactly the type of player Man United need. Um, he'll get regular game time and I think it'll be a, a big bonus for him and, and, and a good sign and I think it will turn out to be a good sign for, for Man United. Yeah, Uri is okay. He did just get relegated. Not sure about his legs. Um, and then poor Torres is signed tonight from Villarreal, centre-back. Highly yeah, touted. That one. Yeah. Don't know much about him. So a few, a few concerns about his physicality maybe for the Premier League. Um, but I'm just talking through my hat there. That's just some stuff I saw on Twitter. Um, Brighton picked up James Milner, we know. Joe uh, Pedro, Watford player, who Newcastle were heavily linked with. Um, Mamou's Hood. Nicknamed Boys in. Buzz, that's my joke. For this episode, you broke up. I didn't hear it. You were <sighs> you were you were breaking up at my end. Marmoud, Marmoud the Hood, known in the dressing room as Boys in. Oh no, I'm not laughing at that. All right, fair enough. <laughs> he came in from Dortmund. Um, Crystal Palace, Jefferson Lerma. Uh, I think the key for them is keeping all of the good players that they've already got. Uh, Zaha's away, Eze, Elise, that kind of thing. And then Brentford picked up Kevin Sharder, who looked at the back of the last season. Uh, they made his signing permanent from Freiburg. And we're not ignoring everyone else, but I clicked on everybody's name and there was just nothing going on. Everton, Fulham, Luton. Uh, Luton were in for Marvellous Nakamba, who they had last year from Villa. Um, but there was nothing much going on down the bottom end at all, but No, all a bit quiet so far. And I think it will pick up quickly. I'm expecting most teams will be back in training within the next week or so. I was looking at I know Newcastle's first friendly is only two weeks away this weekend oh, so nice. I'm Newcastle will be back in action in terms of training soon obviously all those who've been involved in international football will get a bit longer and, and the players who are in the Champions League finals and stuff will, will get a bit longer but it's not long before it starts to ramp up I mean there's I noticed there was actually a Champions League game being played tonight Malcolm was um, it? A, a preliminary round fixture between uh, Budoknost and Breedablik Oh, uh, okay. Going, uh, so I can't give you any updates. Bridge Blick aren't bad, are they? Norwegian perennial yeah, sort perennial. of top four finishers. They're currently on a playoff to get into the uh, qualifying stages. So Champions League starts early. Megan Turs, I'm talking about going to the Faroe Islands potentially to watch a bit of football. <laughs> uh, it's not very far from Edinburgh Airport. Um, right, so yeah, we're going to do uh, 15 minutes worth of fantasy stuff in a minute. Just a little introduction for anyone who's not familiar because we're going to get a listener league on the go. Um, I'm going to tell you about um, underdog fantasy, however, speaking of the genre. Uh, underdog fantasy, our best ball mania four, which is live and giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog pick him. 
is a great way to get down on your favourite MLB and NFL season player props. There's loads of ways to win on Underdog uh, and it's available in lots of states too. So head to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus. Up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Okay, Fantasy Premier League, Baz. Now, uh, you're quite good at this. I'm traditionally a bit shite at it, but I tend to lose concentration. And I didn't play last year. I'll tell you what, what a weight off my mind it was. We got in the pub after that Nottingham Forest match, last first game of the season last year. And everyone was like this, Tiger, Simmers, Nibs, they're all at school. And I was unencumbered, Baz, by the lack of a fantasy team. Um, and I'm supposed to be selling the concept here. But I loved the... Uh, so I think my year off, Baz, is... Um, enthused me to go and win it this year um, so we, yeah we're going to run a listener league we've got some prizes um, premierleague.com it's all run through the official Premier League website uh, but we'll sort that out in a bit but yeah we just thought we'd do a little bit of a how-to here Baz and uh, once we get the league sorted we can refer people back uh, to this episode and the last 20 minutes of it yeah so, so game, game hasn't you, yeah you play more than me Baz so just take us through how you pick your team um, and yeah. Uh, go from there I'll, I'll yeah. shoot in if I've got anything to ask I'll be the, the idiot game, the game hasn't been launched just yet it'll come out probably sometime next week it's normally around the first week of July the release of the game and it's run by the Premier League it's free to play and it attracts around 13 million players worldwide um, nice. it differs vastly from uh, the usual fantasy league that our US listeners will be used to where it's all drafts and, and, and that sort of scenario in this one everyone can select from anyone you want, you know, once you know, you you pick a player, someone else can have the exact same player. Two players could have two teams, two players could have the exact same squad. Um, everyone though has a salary cap, uh, and you have to make a fifteen-man squad. So your fifteen-man squad will be two keepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three strikers. So from that fifteen-man squad, every week you will pick your eleven for that week, um, depending on who they're playing or who's injured. Uh, you pick your best 11 that you fancy for that week. That sounds quite easy, but then you've got a 100 million salary cap to, to make it a bit more difficult. So every player has their own value and you've got to get your 15 players in for under 100 million. Um, so, for example, Holland next season, I would imagine, will be around about 13 million, which would be the most expensive you would usually get in the game. Uh, defenders uh, the just for reference Baz Harland was owned by I made a few notes 78% of teams had Harland in them uh, yeah. last year uh, that would be at the, at the final game week yeah last week um, so, so it's important to say we, you can change your team throughout you don't make your team at the start of the season and you're, and you're committed to that you can make transfers as you go along so yeah the top strikers will be 11, 12, 13 millions um, top defenders, you'd be talking players like Trent Alexander-Arnold who get the assists and get the goals and get the attacking returns but can still have the clean sheet points. Um, they're they're going to be a sort of 7 million, 7.5 million. Uh, keepers, probably max out at about 6 million. And then midfielders, we'll probably have... There'll normally be some in the sort of... I mean, Salah's always down as a midfielder and he'll be 12 million. Because he's one. I think Rash, Rashford was midfielder last year. Rashford was down as a midfielder. Yeah, there's always a few little anomalies where you think, are they really a midfielder or should they be a striker? Um, but yeah, the, so so you pick your 15 players, uh, and you can make 
unlimited transfers until the start of the season, so you can tinker as much as you like in the pre-season. Uh, so no problem getting registered, getting a team in and playing around with it as, as things happen. Uh, and then after that, once the game starts, uh, there's one transfer free every week. So every week you can make one transfer, take someone out, put someone in, no cost. If you want to make more transfers, you take a four-point penalty. Um, so if you want to make five transfers in the first week, uh, that'll cost you 16 points. Your first one's free. Your next fourth cost you. Uh, you can roll over a transfer up to a maximum of two. So if you didn't take a transfer in your first week, you would have two to play with the next week. Um, but you wouldn't be able to carry them forward any further than that. You would only ever have a balance of two at, at maximum. So a game week usually covers the 10 games on a weekend. So if, if there's games from Friday to Monday covering 10 Premier League games, all 20 teams, that will be your game week and your deadline will be before the first game. You have to have your team in for an hour and a half before the first game. Some of these little things might change. They might change the deadlines when they release the game next week, but we'll find that out. Uh, so that's your game week. If there's a midweek slate and they played Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Tuesday will be your deadline and you're locked in for that midweek uh, period. Um, when it gets to a game week, you choose your 11 starters for the week. Um, there are a few restrictions in terms of what formation. So you must have a minimum of three defenders. You must have at least one striker. You couldn't play one keeper, five defenders, five midfielders. You have to have a striker in there. You've got to play a keeper. Uh, but beyond that, you can you can flex your formation how you like. You can play a 3-5-2, 3 4 Four, four, two, whatever you want. You you play it how you want for each week, and you also make a captain choice each week. And your captain scores you double points for that week. So your captain can be really important. Although last year it became a bit of a a bit of a thing that everybody just captained Holland every week. So you very rarely made points on your captain because Holland gets a hat trick. Everybody gets double points. Um, or if you are bold enough to oppose Holland as your captain, you 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 risked losing out and falling behind people because they all got double points if Holland went off. So uh, it's been like that for many years with Salah often. Um, but there are options from week to week. You might have Holland coming up against, I don't know, let's say Arsenal and Salah could be coming up against Burnley and, and people might think we'll, we'll go with Salah um, and, and fade Holland. So captain choice can be very important. Um, and throughout the season, you'll usually get a couple of wild cards. They'll give you a wild card, which allows you unlimited transfers. And you can play that once for one game week and change your entire team at no cost. You'll usually get one before Christmas and another one for the second half of the season. So there's a wild card there. And then there are some additional chips. Uh, we've got a bench boost where you can claim the points from your bench. So if you play a bench boost chip, you can do that once in a season. Um you pick your 11, you've got four on the bench and they don't score points for you that week unless you play a bench boost, in which case all of your 15 players are scoring. So you time those chips right to use them in a point where you know you've got 15 players and 15 players with good fixtures. Um, there's another one called a free hit chip, which you can use once in a season, usually. Um, free hit allows you to make unlimited changes to your team again but for one week only. It only counts for that week. So you have a squad of 15. You play a free hit. You've got 15 new players. After that week's finished, your team reverts back to what it was, completely back to what it was. So that free hit is just a, I really fancy this week and I don't have the players I want for this week. I'm going to I'm going to target it. I'll take my free hit. And the final chip is a triple captain. So once a year, you can play a triple captain chip and it is what it is. 
your captain scores triple points that week. And again, that can be really important. If you can hit Haaland on a week, he scores 20 points and you've played your triple captain, you're getting 60, where everybody else who's captain is only getting 40. So you can gain an edge there. Chip strategy is really important. Um, Utilising those chips, those little bonus players at the right time of the season um, can really sort of change your season. Um, because we have a game week, which is 10 games generally. But what will happen when cup games come along, FA Cup weekends and things like that, some games will get cancelled and rearranged. So you might get a week where uh, only 12 teams are playing and you, and you have half of your squad not not playing for that week. So that's where your chips can come in. And similarly, towards the end of the season, when teams are playing catch-up, they may have double games in a single game week. And that's where you play your triple captains and your bench boosts to capitalise on the fact that Haaland's playing a catch-up week and he's got a game on Sunday and he's got a game on Tuesday. And Salah's only playing on the Sunday. You've got Haaland two games versus Salah one. So the, the chip's really important, but you have to look out for those periods in the season later on, second half of the season where there's blank weeks for teams, but also double weeks where teams are playing twice. Um, the one flying ointment I would mention is price changes. The prices aren't set at the beginning of the season and, and, and that is it. Prices will fluctuate. It's a little bit like a, um, a stock market. Um, let's say not many people buy Mason Mount at the start of the season. He might be priced at eight and a half million and people don't quite think he's the value. If he gets off to a fly and start and suddenly half a million people transfer him in, his price is going to jump up a little bit. And similarly, if players get transferred out at a, at a big rate, prices will drop a little. So you might think, I've got money in the bank for a transfer this weekend. I'm going to bring him in for £8 million and I've got enough to cover it. Next thing you know, his price has gone up 100000 and you've missed out on the boat. Um, I was then going to move on to scoring, Malcolm, but I'm happy to let you talk through the scoring if you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, a couple of things I just wanted to point out to you, but I'll mention the scoring first. Yeah. Um, clean sheets for your goalkeeper and your defenders. Um, everyone gets two points for playing, so you need people who play. Um, but yeah, clean sheets for your scoring defenders, goals and assists for your midfielders and your attackers. Um, and then you get bonus points as well, so you need to pick up um, your players every game. Three players will get bonus points, they'll get one, two or three bonus points depending on stuff that they've done during the game and a lot some players are better at picking up bonus points than others some people uh, fit the algorithm closer than others so you don't you've got to try and remember you're not picking a football team that's trying to win a football match so you don't want your Declan Rice's great player doesn't score or assist you're better off with wingers people who take corners Kieran Trippier last year was great because he kept clean sheets for Newcastle. Then he took all the set pieces, so he got a gazillion assists and a gazillion bonus points. Um, so they're the kind of things that you're looking for. Um, and really, um, the game is almost all about differentials because what will happen is everyone in the league will have the same seven or eight players. Um, it's unavoidable. Everyone last year had Haaland. Most people will have Salah. Most people have one of the top three goalkeepers. Um, everyone had Kieran Trippier and another Newcastle defender. Um, Odegaard was another cheap one. So the differential, the thing that's going to make you win is using your captain well, as Baz just said. Uh, this week might be Salah at home at Crystal Palace, but you might just want to take Callum Wilson away at Burnley and he might get a couple of goals. So it's the two or three players that you've got that other people don't. Your captaincy 
is a great differential maker. And then the use of these chips, um, if you can hit your triple captain, if you can hit your bench booster, your wild card, whatever it is, um, then they're going to be the main differences. Like So, I mean, I've picked out a few players. Like I said, Kieran Trippier last year. Newcastle have three defenders in the top 10. Um, but two of them, Dan Byrne and Sven Botman, were really, really cheap. Um, so they were great sort of difference makers. Um, Brighton had five players who scored a load of points, all really cheap. Um, you had Matoma, you had Gross. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in there now. Um, Esther Pinan was in there. Um, they had all between five and 5.7 million and all scored around about 130 points. And the other thing that is form, so Miguel Almiron scored a load of points but he scored them all in the first half of the season. Um, Matoma scored a load of points. He scored all of his in the second half of the season. Uh, so you've got a spot when a player's running out of form, or you've got a spot when a player's coming into form, or when they've got a good run of fixtures. You say, right, Brighton's next five is Burnley, Forest, Luton, Everton, Man United, five rubbish teams. Um, so they're all gonna, you're going to pick up points there. So there's a load of little things you can do. And these are things that we'll try and cover every week. Uh, on the show, just give little pointers to, as well as I'm sure the Discord channel will be uh, buzzing with questions and, and advice as well. But so yeah, as you say, I mean the, the the points are fairly fairly what you'd expect: assists, goals, clean sheets, yellow cards, red cards. You lose your points. Keepers get extra points for how many saves they make. Um, so keepers, I think, are you would think. Well, let's go with Edison. He might keep a few clean sheets, but he doesn't make many saves because he never has to face many saves. Players from teams like Brentford and Brighton's who do concede chances but make lots of saves, their keepers can get a lot more points um, because they're busier and more active. Um, the points uh, for David, goal- David Rea, the Brentford goalkeeper, was the top scoring goalkeeper last year. Yeah. Yeah. You, your goal scoring points as well differ depending on the position. So a striker scores four points for a goal, whereas a midfielder scores five for a goal. Uh, so Kane will get you four points if he scores, whereas Salah will get you five. Um and defenders are worth six. So people like Trent and Trippier who'll be on set pieces. If you get a goal scoring defender, you know, Van Dyke can often get on the end of things like that. Um, they can be worth the points because the defenders are the only ones, defenders and goalkeepers are the only ones that can keep clean sheets, but they can also get the goals and assists. So that's why the defenders become really important. Uh, but as you say, it's finding the value because everyone will have Haaland and everyone will have certain others like Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's, he's dynamite in this game. Um, but it's finding the value and finding it early on before others and, and getting on a, jumping on the right trains at the right time and getting off at the right time. Um, but the best, the, the most fun part is it. It's not about playing against 13 million other people in the world because there is just one big league um, and your chances of winning that league are, are minuscule. But it's the ability to set up mini leagues so we can all set up mini leagues. Over here, I play five or six cash leagues with, with varying stakes. And some of those are really competitive and with some really good prize money, um, trophies on the on up for grabs and things. And it, it can be really good and engaging. So we will definitely be putting up a listener league, get as many people involved as we can and put a prize up, uh, which I'll obviously inevitably probably end up winning myself. Although uh, Serial is picking well, himself. Yeah. He's um, claiming he's going to win it. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm you see, quite, there's, I'll, I'll, there's four I'll people in the chat, Baz. Beat me! I'll put a bounty on my head. You can, you can have fifty bucks out of me if you can finish uh, above me. Next. Every single one adds in the chat. There, he finished five thousand six hundred overall last season. That's like in the top one percent, Baz. Are you beating that? It's it's better than the top 
one percent, I think. Is it? Thirteen million. You, uh, yeah, he's. I mean, I was in the top one percent, and I was around about ninety thousand, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just having a having a quick look. In my rank was eighty five thousand for the season, which is a good rank. If you can finish in the top hundred thousand of this game, you're doing well. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and find my. Um, I was going to try and find my overall history. I reckon I've got at least one year where I finished in the top 5,000, so I reckon I could match him one year, but um, not recently. It gets harder and harder. 5,000 last year is an absolutely cracking finish. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Ad will join us. Um, he's not yeah. getting enough. Like I said at the top, I'm traditionally absolutely dog shit at this, but um, with a little bit of pride at stake here, um, I might uh, concentrate extra hard and uh, probably win the whole thing. Um, okay, Bass, I think that's just about everything covered. I've got to get some uh, baseball lines written down before I go live on the MLB gambling pod in 20 minutes or so. Is there anything else you want to tell us about before we crack on? Uh, I've got a joke. Hey! You <laughs> threw a joke out before. Um, yeah. I thought I'll try one. So what type of cheese would you use to coax a bear out of a tree? I know this. Come on, bear. Am I allowed to answer or do you want the, do you want the um, punchline? I've just said it. Oh, well, oh, yeah. me things froze. We, we've done two jokes on the show, bars and we've crashed the punchline on both of them. Yeah. I can't um, believe you've tried to sneak a cheese joke past me, by the way. I know loads of cheese jokes. I, I, I can knock your five out right now. Yeah. I walk I walk past the um, uh, coffee shop on the way to work every day and they have a chalkboard outside and they have their joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. Uh, and I'd seen that one last week. I thought, I like that. Um, is it a, one, are they all cheese jokes? No, no, they're not all cheese jokes. No. Okay then. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll never defeat me on a cheese joke, but I'll, I'll I'll come up with a with a new one for next week. Fair enough. Um, a, new, a new segment on the show, joke of the a week. new se- cheese jokes. Love <laughs> it. Um, right, well done. Um, we've got the women's world cup coming up soon, so we might have some actual stuff to talk about rather than cheese jokes and lizards. Uh, red cabbages and whatever else we talk about. Um, thanks everyone for joining and joining in. Yeah, go and research uh, fantasy football um, and get your prep ready for when the league goes live. Uh, GSC, really, Captain adds in there as well. Um, thank you very much, Barry. Um, we'll be back next week. Maybe uh, some uh, Women's World Cup stuff to talk about. Whatever else we can find. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Mm-hmm.